Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? How about that? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, you may be seated. Say hello to the person next to you. Tell them you look good tonight. You look really good. There's a cute girl next to you, a cute boy next to you. Tell them you look extra good today. Um, and <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So um, today I want to share with you uh, really quick. We're not going to be too long. I'm going to actually uh, continue today's message tomorrow morning um, because there's so much, so much uh, that I can't either, yeah, we can't. So uh, all the G12 churches, they're, ga- they're gathering, all the G12 churches are gathering together tomorrow from 8 to 8 p.m., 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and they're going to intercede the whole day for the conference. Now, we had just finished our entire week of fire. We've been going like nuts. We've been going crazy. And so Eunia and I opted to do something, and, uh, you know, we, we are, uh, as you guys know, we always do everything we can and everything we do, but we wanted to do something with the church so that the church doesn't get so, like, over, how do I say this, um, overwhelmed, I hate that word because it's for wusses, I'm just kidding, uh, you know, no, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know, no, 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 it's not, it's just, it's just time management, really, uh, and we were able to say, you know what, we're going to do from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. instead of 8 hours or 12 hours a whole day, and we're going to compact everything into two hours from 9 to 11. I understand some of you guys just heard about that tonight, as just about the whole church, um, but the rest of you that can make it, look, no pressure, like I said, uh, from 9 to 11, I'm going to be here with Eoni and our kids, and we're going to be just sharing with you all about the kingdom of God. I'm going to begin today, and I'll finish tomorrow morning, uh, and we're going to be interceding for God to move powerfully in the conference, but we're going to be interceding also that God would set up our hearts, that he would prepare us for what's coming in the convention. Is that okay? So we're going to have intercession from 9 to 11. Like I said, it has not been announced. It's not something that we've been working on because we've been focusing straight up only on uh, on our week of sanctification and on on our our conquest, which we're about to to see miracles and signs and wonders. Amen? Cool, cool. So, um, So from what time to what time? 9 to 11 tomorrow, if you cannot make it, don't feel bad. If you can make it and you don't, then feel horrible. All right, so uh, Matthew 13, 44, 47. I'm going to read to you really quick uh, out of the NASB version. Matthew 13, 44, 47. And can I tell you, this message has revived me. Uh, I'm telling you, it has really brought so much life to me. Um, I don't know how to break this down for someone who does not desire God. So I won't pretend that I will... Try. So this, I'm going to assume that if you're here today, it's because you want something of God and you want some sort of relationship with God. If you don't and you're doing somebody a favor, I want to tell you just right away, that's not, how we, that's not the way that God works. You don't go to God because you're doing somebody a favor. You go to God because he's God. And if you want God, you'll have God. I promise you that. He's here for you. He loves you. He believes in you even when you didn't believe in him. He's been chasing after you. The difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world is that in every religion, people are chasing after God. In Christianity, Jesus dies for you. He died for you. That's the crazy thing, that his love reaches so far and so wide and for so long that he has you here tonight. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. And it's an amazing plan. And the only one that can mess it up is sitting on your chair. 
So I just invite you to say, God, I want your plan in my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I don't want just a version of you. I don't want religion. Can I tell you that there are three major religions in the world. Each one of them has Abraham as their father. Islam claims Abraham as their father. Judaism claims Abraham as their father. Christianity claims Abraham as their father. The problem is that we don't want what Abraham wanted. We don't want what Abraham wanted. The father of each one of these religions claims to have Abraham as their father, yet every one of these does not want what actually Abraham was after. The promises of Abraham are not something that we look for. Why did I just all of a sudden give you a left hook and say, well, what the heck does Abraham have to do with everything you were talking about? Because Abraham had a mindset that Jesus had, that today I pray to God that we have that same mindset, that instead of religion, today you understand kingdom. Let me repeat that. Instead of religion, you understand government. You understand what does it mean to have the Lord in your life? What does it mean to have God in your life? A lot of people want God. They just don't want what he wants. It's like me telling a girl, hey, I, I want you. I just don't want everything that you think about. I just want you. Wait, hold on a second. You mean you want the benefits of having me? That's called friends with benefits. Some of you guys know about that. Don't do it. Yes or no? That, but that's not friends with anything. That's me using you for my pleasure. That's not friends. Friendship has nothing to do with that. Anyway, so it's like me telling somebody, I want your body. I just don't want your ideas. I don't want your thoughts. I don't want you to influence my life whatsoever. I don't care. Really, honestly, I don't care about what you care about. And whatever you hate, I don't really care. Whatever you love, I don't care about. Does that make sense? The kingdom of God is so powerful and it's so important for us to learn that I believe that today, if you learn this concept and if you start on this venture it'll change your entire being it began to change mine the moment I opened into it and I tell you this this is becoming my sweet obsession and it will be for the next as long as God wants it because I believe that it will change everything not only about the ministry about my, my life my family and my children's future this is something that I was praying about uh, even today when he started praying for me we prayed for each other uh, and it was really beautiful because she opened up a door to something that I believe is amazing. And that is a, a renewal of my life, a renewal of my, of my heart. It's not that I was like dying. I'm not, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, poor pastor. Was he going to retire at the age of old 37? Nothing like that. It wasn't like that. It's just we were praying for each other and she opened up a beautiful door. And God began to pour so much that I have not been able to stop receiving. And I hope I can give you at least a third and the rest tomorrow. All right, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your love, for your grace. I thank you for every person that is here. But I thank you even more for the people that brought them. Because they had the guts to invite. They had the love enough for them to say, hey, why don't you come with me? God, I pray that you bless them for the courage they have displayed to invite their friends to come to your house, God. That you may give them a message that will bless their families and their generations to come. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you because it is not just a book. It is not just a few words that were written a bunch of years ago. God, it's life. It's transforming it is beautiful, God. It is something that draws us closer and closer to you. Jesus, I ask you that today, just as you did thousands of years ago, you bring healing, restoration, but above all, order into people's lives. Bring your discipleship into this ministry, God, into each person that came and walked through these doors, that they would not leave here the same. It is in your name we pray. Amen and amen. The most evil, wicked people can receive a miracle. Let me repeat that. The most evil, wicked people can see miracles in their lives. Miracles are simply God's display of his power upon someone's life. But it takes a certain characteristic to live in blessing. A lot of people can say, hey, I need a miracle. And God can give you a miracle. You don't even need to know God to get a miracle. 
But to walk in blessing is completely different. To walk in the blessing of God is completely different. Let me explain to you the difference between success, right? A lot of people want success, but what you really are after is a life of blessing. What you really are after is a life in the purpose and the love of God. Some people believe that Christianity is about religion and a set of, of boundaries and do's and don'ts. Well, I'm here to tell you today that Christianity is not about religion. And it may sound like news to some of you, maybe not to some. But to me, it was an incredible realization that Christianity and all that Jesus ever taught was not healing, was not, it's going to sound strange, you're going to get freaked out right now. It's not about prosperity. It's not about your blessing. Jesus came to preach about the kingdom of God. The first and the main message Jesus ever preached on this earth was the kingdom of heaven. He didn't preach about miracles. He did miracles. Hey, he, didn't, he didn't preach about the cross. He got on the cross. Let me repeat that to you. Jesus didn't come to preach even about grace. Did you know that? He came not to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to enforce the law. Jesus came to preach about the kingdom of God. Listen, what I'm about to teach you right now, I believe that some of you will be shocked, especially if you grew up in church. If you, as I, grew up in ministry, in church, I was born and raised in church. I slept under the benches. I slept on benches. I slept in, in the podium, inside the podium. I'm telling you, like, I know church in and out. And I can tell you, Jesus didn't come to preach about church. Jesus came to preach about the kingdom of God. The problem with us is that we're in, an, in a nation that has nothing to do with kingdom. Everything about our nation is pretty much against the kingdom of God. See, democracy works because we're wicked people. Let me repeat that. Democracy works is the best system for the most failed people. It's the best system for people who continuously fail, who are wrong at the heart. Therefore, we can't just trust one person. But if you have a king, like the king of kings, like the Lord of lords, like Jesus the Christ, then you want a king like that over your life. The problem with us is that we don't understand the language of a kingdom. We don't know the value of a kingdom. Matter of fact, this message is already weird for some of you. Because you come from a place that has nothing to do with a king. And I could tell you this today, the value of the kingdom of God is so incredible that if you grab it, if you understand it, if you start living it, it'll change everything about you. It'll make you a blessing, not just bless you. Let me repeat that. It will make you a blessing, not just bless you. The kingdom of God, according to Matthew 13, 44 through 47, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. Ooh. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. He sells everything. He gives everything up. That which he loves. That which he cares about. Not sadly. Not angrily. Not grudgingly. Nothing he's getting ripped off. But with joy. I've done deals on OfferUp. Or on Craigslist. And some I'm not so happy about. Some I'm super happy about. I immediately go to Eoni. Eoni, guess what? I got this for this much. You know how much it's worth? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Anybody have husbands like that or friends like that? Or you're like that? You know what I'm saying or no? What's some of the best deals you've made? Give me one example, some of you. Come on, be proud. It's all right. Jody. Ooh, $150 Jordans and you sold them for $800. Now that's, were you happy about that deal? 
I'm just saying, hey, if you didn't have 150, if you were short 50, you go and sell something, right, to get your 50 extra so you get your 800. That's what I'm talking about. This guy was so happy. He was so happy that he went and sold everything he had in order to get this mindset, this idea, this concept of the kingdom of God. Listen to this. Again, I say, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Wow. The kingdom of heaven is worth all you got and then some. Okay. The Bible just told you twice and then it says it a third time, which I won't spend time into. But then I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is worth all you have and then some. What about my son? You don't know my kid. He's cute. No. You're, the kingdom of God is worth more than your entire family. Okay, hold on, Pastor. The kingdom of God is worth more than your career, your education, your dreams, your hopes, your, your, your greatness, your beauty. The kingdom of God is worth selling everything you've got with joy. It's like, yeah, it's worth it and then some. I, I'm getting the best deal I can possibly get. Girls, do you know about deals? Yeah? And when he would tell me, it's on sale, I was like, dude, the markup is like 500%. They brought it to 200%, and then they call that a sale. Okay, I'm talking about the kingdom of God is the greatest deal you could ever get, and I'm about to talk to you about it. The kingdom of God is the greatest deal you could ever get, and I'm about to talk to you about the greatest deal you could ever, ever get. To me, when I started researching, and I say research in reality, just really praying and asking God to show he started showing some beautiful things that why does the kingdom of God matter? It matters to us because it mattered most to Jesus. The kingdom of God should matter to you more than anything else because it mattered to Jesus more than anything else. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ gave his entire life for the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Some people think the kingdom of God is one day when you die and go to heaven and start playing the harp. And the kingdom of God is at hand. It's already here. The kingdom of God is so amazing, and it's now. Some people are waiting for one day for the kingdom of God to come or for them to go to the kingdom of God. Can I tell you this? That the kingdom of God matters because Jesus loved it so much that he considered giving up his life, and it matters because it's at hand, because it's here, because it's now. Because it is our task, it is our duty, it is our desire, it is our passion. It is that what Jesus died for. The kingdom of God is not anything else but the true, the real, the only message written on the Bible. The Bible is not a book of a story. The Bible is a book of a kingdom established on earth. If you don't read the Bible with a kingdom mindset, you will never fully understand it. Matter of fact, if you read the Bible without a kingdom mindset, it'll be an option. It'll be a good storytelling moment for your children. It may even give you like the Uber guy that just brought me here. Yeah, I kind of like it. And I'm thinking, this guy doesn't understand. So I'm going to be patient with him. The kingdom of God is simply this. Listen, the Bible is the laws, the framework, the constitution as it says, the testament, which is a legal declaration, right? It is the testament for the kingdom of God to be established on this earth. The entire Bible is about that. Let me go to this important, very, very important point. What is the difference between a kingdom and a democracy? What is the difference between a kingdom and a democracy? The Bible, like I said to you, is not about a bunch of 
ideas on how to get rich or how to grow or how to have your dreams fulfilled because that, at the end of the day, is what our democracy is about. The freedom and the pursuit of happiness. And yet, the democracy, right, is completely different than the pursuit of the king's happiness. You see, democracy and kingdom clash and collide constantly. As a matter of fact, I would say right now, and this is probably the hardest thing that I could say to you as a pastor, but the best thing I could say to you as a husband, as a father, and as a son, this life is not about you. People hate that message, but this life is not about you. The moment you realize your life is not about yourself is the moment you become an adult. So many people think that life is about them and they live so miserable. They live so miserable. Christians, self-proclaimed Christians say, hey, I don't know why I'm so unhappy. I don't know why I feel unfulfilled. I don't know what my purpose is. It's because you still think that this is a democracy and not a theocracy. This is a kingdom. And if you don't understand the kingdom mindset, you will forever fight because you think you have rights. Half of the church should walk out right now. You have no rights. Okay, hold on. Now, now this is not American. This is America. You have no rights. The moment you say, you are my king, you are my Lord, your constitution is replaced by the constitution of heaven. See, we don't understand that and we don't like it because it's for the people, by the people. Uh -uh. It's for God and by God. That's what the word of God says. You were created for him and by him. Not for the people, by the people. It's for God and by God. There's so many contrasts. God started pouring so many contrasts that I don't have time to develop these. I'll go a little bit more into detail tomorrow morning. But one of the things I do want to highlight to you is simply this. That the Bible is about a royal family. It's about a government. The Bible is not about subjects looking up to a king and saying, oh. The Bible is about a royal family. The Bible calls you a holy nation, a royal lineage. A royal lineage. Royal priesthood. Did you know you are royal? You're sitting next to a queen, a king. You're sitting next to royalty. You should sit up a little bit and say, mm, I am royalty. Hey, you think I'm playing? I know that sounds like self-help stuff. I mean that 100%. The Bible says this, that the Lord is, listen to this, the king of kings. Which kings, I ask? Which kings? Let me explain to you a little bit deeper because you think I'm just trying to make you feel good. To the contrary. I'm trying to make you understand that you're feeling good about the wrong stuff. And you're leaving the essential aside. Your identity, who you are and who I am, is simply and most beautifully the image of God. Did you know that no one else in the entire history of the universe, not even angels, carry what you carry? And that is the king's image. You bear the image of your creator. The Bible said, let us make man. And man doesn't mean hombres. It means like humanity, mankind, according to our image. According to the king's image, you bear the image of the king. You bear the image of the creator. You bear the image of the almighty God. You're like, I know I look good, but pastor, come on now. I mean, you really do carry that, yet you behave like a slave. It's the most uninformed kingdom. You see, we are kings behaving like slaves. This is why God gets so angry with idolatry. Because the Bible says, this is so cool. This is, to me, this is one of the most amazing things that I could have ever found out in the scripture. 
that the Bible speaks of the glory of God, right? The glory of God. I always wonder what the glory of God meant. I mean, we always say, glory. <laughs> the glory, oh, glory to God, oh, glory to God. What is glory? What does the word glory actually mean? It means weight. It means the imprint. It means the bam, the image of God. That is glory. Glory is not, ooh, do you feel that? Is that the glory of God? That's not the glory of God. Listen, the glory of God is the image, the imprint, the weight of God on something. That's literally the word. That's what the word means. The glory of God is the impression of God upon his people. The glory of God. You will bear the glory of God. This is why the Bible says, I shall not give my glory. I will not share my glory with someone else. I'm not going to share my image, my impression on someone else. Because the context of that chapter where that is talked about, listen to this. It's talking about idolatry. It's talking about people that would idolize trees and images. And God says, I will not share my glory with another. I'll share it with you, but not with those trees. How could you, who bears the image of God, the glory of God, start worshiping something that's been made? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Some of you here have misunderstood what you're here on earth to do. And that's why we live as pawns and even as slaves. Slaves to drugs, to addictions. Slaves to people. And I'm not a slave to people, really. You're a slave to their approval. I'm not going to be with you if you don't give me what I want. <laughs> Do you know who you're talking to? Your boss says, fine, you will not have a job if you don't show up on Sunday. So you think you're my provider? That's funny. Now you could think that. Of course, you're not going to say that to your boss because you're going to invite him to church next week. <laughs> But in your mind, you're not a slave to a, a, a slave owner. Do you know what I'm saying? In your mind, in my heart, I can tell you this. I'm, not, I'm free from you guys. Oh, man, I don't like the pastor this week. It's all right. I bear the image of God. That sounds really bad. I know to you. But right now, I'm going to tell you, it's so freeing. It's delivering to understand that God hates it when you idolize a person, when you idolize things, when you idolize money. Because God says, my image will not be shared with anyone else. Listen to this. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's about a royal family. It's about his children. And here's the cool thing. Did you know that you are not of this world? Now, some of you guys are like, okay, this church just got real weird. Like, if you came here for the first time and your, brand, your friend brought you, your friend's looking at you like, just come back next week. He's not talking about crazy stuff, I promise. But the Bible says that you're not of this world. You're really not of this world. In John 17, 14, it says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. John 17, 16 says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So, okay, so who's of the world? Not me. So then where are you from? Either the Bible's a liar and it's just stupid or you are... Not well informed. Where are you from? I just told you. You came from God. God created you to his likeness and image. You came from his heart. You came from his dreams, his desire, his vision. You came from him. The Bible says you're a heavenly being living on an earthly body. This is why the last place God wants you is to go to heaven. Now hold on. Listen. That's the last place. It's not the first place. Am I making sense? Because in heaven, you're no longer going to be useful here where God sent you to do and be and to fulfill the mission. Now, when you're there, you're already just enjoying everything you did here. But you, God doesn't want you to go to heaven yet. If he did, you'd be there. Let me repeat that again. 
the last place God wants you to go is heaven. So for those of you that say, you know what, Pastor, I, I just don't, you know, I don't know what I'm here to do in this world. Listen, please listen to just this. This is your night. I mean that. If you don't understand this tonight, get the recording, go over it, and start reading the Bible. It'll tell you, I promise you. Listen, we're here, but we're not of this world. So the great question is, if we're not of this world and we're heavenly beings with earthly bodies, what is our purpose? What are we here to do? This is where it gets amazing and powerful. Please listen. If any of my 12, if any of the primary leaders are not here, shame on you. I'm telling you this. This is important for every leader here to understand. If you're going to lead your family, please grasp this. It'll change the way you read the Bible. It'll change the way you relate with people. You know, it changed the way I took Uber today. Can I tell you that? It changes the way you feel, the way you think. Because now you understand everything about you is for an incredible and beautiful purpose. Let me tell you this. This is what it says in the Bible, right? The Bible says, dude, I don't have time to go over all of it. No, 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 no. I really can't. I really, really can't. Okay, so Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man to our own image, right? It says, man, okay, women, great, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, man to our own image. Now, what did God make you to his image for? Somebody read Genesis 1.26 quickly, quickly. And then 27. Yeah, say it loud. Go. And then God said, let us make man. Okay, all together. One, two, three. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish. Stop right there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You mean to tell me God made you to rule? Okay. God made you to his image as a king so you could have dominion, as it says in the word of God, to have dominion over the face of the earth. Let me repeat that because then this is where people who have a twisted heart say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This is not about you lording over, but to rule over. Listen, we are so ruled by the world. Pastor Bird and Pastor Charnay from South Africa talk about this all the time. How we are ruled by trees. Wait a minute, trees. What do you, th- where do you guys think dollars come from? It's talking about, you know, how we're ruled by, you know, by, by earth, you know, by the earth, all the technology and all the things that come from the earth. Ruled by so many things instead of us having dominion and really ruling, we're ruled by the world, by the opinions, by the creatures, by everything else in the world, the culture of the world. It's so powerful what the word of God says here. It says he made you to his likeness and to his image. Yet why are you always trying to have the image of someone else other than God? Why are we pursuing someone else's image? A rapper. Why are we pursuing an image? A star, a singer, a model. God made you, you, beautiful you. Why are you trying to have the image of someone else? You're the worst someone else will ever be. Did you know that? You suck at being someone else. God made you amazing. God made you you. The image of God is upon you. What if the next time you looked at the mirror you said, mm, image of God. <laughs> I'm not making sense. What, but the problem is this, is that all the time we don't realize what is God. This is so cool. So sick. Louis, did you know you're half Chinese for a reason? That's powerful. That is so powerful. That God made you for a specific reason. That if he wanted you to be half African, he would have made you half African. But he made you exactly like that. He had me with my genetics, with me, who I am, my composition. Because he wants you that way. 
Did you know that God made you that way? He had created you from way before. Then all of a sudden he just put you together. Like you, he thought of you thousands of years ago. Before you were even here, his plan was already set that you would be on this earth for a specific reason. And yet we think that reason is to make 20 bucks an hour and hope that we have enough for retirement. How weird, isn't it? The creator of the universe gives you his image and you think it's just so you don't suffer. And the Bible is so clear. It says that you're to have dominion, to rule over the earth. Did you know that the Bible's purpose, the real purpose of the Bible is recolonization? Some of you guys are like, colon, what? And that word cancer, something like that, with colon cancer? No, colonization. Colonization is a word that most of us think it's a bad word. And the most of us really have never even heard it before because we live in a democracy. Colonization is a matter of kingdoms. Democracies don't colonize. Kingdoms colonize. I know that because this nation was colonized at some point. Some of you guys, really? Yes, England colonized this. There was 13 colonies. How many of you guys know that so far? Some of you guys are just really got to pay attention, man. Right? Who was our colonizer? Okay. Whew. Who was our colonizer? Some of you guys still don't accept it. I'm American. Nobody colonized me. Are you kidding me? Okay. Who here comes from Colombia? Spanish people colonized you. The Spaniards colonized you. That's why you eat rice and beans. Did you know that Mexicans were also colonized? Nah. Yes, it's true. Did you know that, okay, Jamaica. Was it France that colonized you guys? England too. Good grief. England colonized you. That's awesome. That's why you speak kind of English. I could hear it on you. It's true. But you know what? I'm going to tell you this. The world belonged to heaven, right? God established his kingdom. The people, Adam and Eve, the people walked in the garden with unity with God. They had the kingdom culture. They treated each other with respect. They loved one another. They loved God, had intimate fellowship with them. They were not in scarcity, in sickness. They were in abundance. They were in blessing. They respected the earth. The earth respected them back. They understood their purpose on earth. They had dominion over the earth. The earth didn't have dominion on the, on, over them. They knew how to obey the laws of the kingdom of God. Yet the kingdom of God did not remain the kingdom of God. We got independence we all of a sudden decided uh-uh I want my own laws God I will eat of that tree and so we decided to have our own independence day and to us say yeah no that's the worst thing we could have done because we're not in getting independence from an oppressor but getting independence from the source of joy life freedom true happiness so we decided we wanted our own rules we wanted to do our own way things our own manner And therefore, we receive our own consequences. So we blame God. Why is there poverty on the world? God said, I gave you rulership, dominion under the earth. So now you're going to blame me for that which I had you rule over. Does that, does that make sense? We get so angry at God because of the things that happen. And we don't realize that God said to us, this is what dominion means. You have now responsibility. But we had no responsibility. And therefore, everything else began to happen. So this is the story of God. This is why the Bible exists. Because God is trying to recolonize the earth and bring his kingdom on this earth. 
Can I tell you that there's only one way to colonize? I'm going to need your help, Ryan. Come on up here real quick because you'll understand it better than anyone in this room or most of the people in this room. Ryan came from Jamaica about how long? How long ago did you come from Jamaica? Two years. Okay, great. So tell me, uh, tell me this, okay? So you guys were colonized by, 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 uh, by England, correct? Okay, so the colony of England, what influence has England had on Jamaica? Uh, our laws are still British laws, uh, like uh, how the government is run with it. We have a prime minister, not a president. Um, we drive on the left side of the road. I like he was going to say on the right side of the road. That's what you're going to say. <laughs> um, as I said, I think our accent is also slightly influenced. Um, we, we defer to tea, yeah, a lot. I think we have more their work culture. We don't have like Western American culture, you know. Yeah. Okay, here's the crazy thing, okay? How many people, like literally English, like from England, did you actually have relationship with while in Jamaica? Like really English? Uh, some of my family went to school in England. So absolutely none. <laughs> but some of his family went to school. Listen to this, okay? Listen. They're gone. They're not there. They're not there, mate. Like, they're not there. <laughs> Let me repeat this to you. They're not there yet. The influence is still there. Do you get that's beautiful? It's an amazing thing. But for some of us, nah, nah. It's true. It's true. Listen, this is so important for you to understand. England had to send his representatives to Jamaica to bring the influence of the king or the queen to bring to Jamaica. If they had not sent representatives to colonize Jamaica, it would have never been colonized, ever. So our, our, our queen council, like in the court, still has to go to England. We don't have one in Jamaica. Their council, meaning their laws, still abide by the laws of the queen. Okay, listen to this. He does not have relationship with one single true Englishman or English. Maybe, maybe at some point you knew. No, no. Yet, he just told you, the way I speak is influenced by the British. The way I drink is influenced by the British. My work ethic is British. It's not American. It's British. It's not Jamaican. It's British. Give Ryan a round of applause, please. Thank you so much for bringing so much culture into this. But, Americans... We go back to this. We don't understand that. We feel like we're never, we've never been colonized. Yes, you have, bro. MTB's colonized your entire family. Like, you have so much of another culture, you don't even realize it. The one that least influences you sometimes is the one that should influence you the most. As a matter of fact, you are an ambassador of heaven to this earth to colonize earth, to bring the kingdom of God on earth. That is our purpose, that is our call, that is our creed, those are our marching orders, that is my reason for existing, and anything else outside of that makes no sense to me. That's why when I read the word of God, it makes sense. That's why when I hear the words of God, I must obey them, because this is not a democracy. In a democracy, I can say, uh-uh, Trump, you ain't right. In a kingdom, I can say, because you say so, it's right. See, we argue with God all the time. Uh, I don't know if, wait, you said to do this, but what if? No, 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 I'm sorry. This is a kingdom. You got it wrong, my dear American friend. 
This is a kingdom. The word Lord doesn't exist in a democracy. Have you ever called your representative, hello, uh, Lord? Hello, Lord Jerry Brown. Have you ever said to, to the major, hello, Lord Major? What? You would be treated as a, as a fool. I was just translating for the city of Maywood. The mayor just got convicted of a felony of cruelty to animals. Amber, say boo. Okay, good. It's true. We all should say boo, really. Now listen to this, okay? Listen, listen. This is so wild. This is so crazy. No one would ever want to call that guy Lord. Ever. How weird would I be if I say, I stand, <clears throat> uh, uh, I only have three minutes to speak to the council and to you, Lord. Exactly. That's what everybody says. <laughs> the word Lord doesn't exist in your home. You ever said yes, Lord, to your dad? From now on, Eoni, you shall call me Lord. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, I come from a democracy. Socialism, really. But what if I ask you seriously, Mikey, from now on, you shall refer to me as Lord. It's, it's even funny. But in the kingdom of God, he asks you to call. As a matter of fact, it says that those that recognize Jesus as Lord shall be saved. No one else. Okay, now this got really hard right now because some of us want religion. Okay, I'll take religion instead. I'll take religion. I don't want the whole thing about kingdom. Just give me the religion thing. It's easier. See, because lordship means you have no rights. As a matter of fact, lord, the literal word is Adonai. Adonai means owner. The word Adonai, the word used for lord, it literally means I own you. That's owner. The owner of my life. What if instead of saying yes, lord, you could say yes, owner of my life? That takes a whole new meaning for us because we don't have the word Lord. We have the word owner because I own something. Is that your car? Yep, I owned it. I finished paying it off already. When it got beat up, when it's old, when I don't want it anymore, that's when I get the title. But it's mine. It's my piece of land. Step into it. I could shoot you because it's my piece of land. I own it. See, we think, to, we think we're in a democracy. And so whenever you try to do something with your life, you don't think you need to ask him for anything. Because it's your life. Can I ask you... you a question, do you own your life or are you simply managing your life? Okay, I live on a rented house. I had to install cameras because we got broken into the garage, the car, and tried to break into our house in like three weeks span. And we're not in El Monte anymore. I don't understand. Six weeks in El Monte, not, six years in El Monte, nothing ever happened. <laughs> then we moved to a nicer neighborhood and all of a sudden... <laughs> they must have seen it anyway. So, so this, so I started installing. And instead, instead of me installing right away, I talked to the owner. I said, "Hey, look, uh, I'm gonna ask you for permission. I'm, I'm gonna drill a few holes in the in the walls." The the sheriffs came out. They recommended we put security cameras. Uh, I said, "I got a gun instead," but I guess he says cameras are better. Just kidding. No, no, no. And the owner, the owner is like, "No, no, please go ahead." You know, as a matter of fact, I'll pay for the cameras because they're gonna be installed in the house that I own. I said, "You got it, John. That's perfect. That's fine by me." You know, it's his house. I can't walk around breaking walls down. Am I making sense? I can't make permanent changes to a house that doesn't belong to me. Hey, John, by the way, I decided to put an extra room. What? It's not your house, bro. You're renting it. Matter of fact, you're not even renting your body. You're not renting it. You don't pay anything for it. It's by grace that God's allowing you to survive. And yet we feel like it's my body. I can do whatever I want with it. I can sleep who I want, I can drink what I want, I can smoke what I want. Really? Because the law says, so which law? I'm asking you, democracy you live on or the rule of the king, the lord of your life? Which trumps which? No pun intended. 
I'm asking you a question. Why do you feel the right to choose what you want with your time? It's because it's not your time. Because it's not your life. And that's why we wrestle so much with the Bible, see? Because the Bible, we read it and we, we just, we don't have that kingdom mindset. If we had the kingdom mindset, it'd be so beautiful. It is so amazing. See, when my wife and I are under the same Lord, it's amazing. Because that is not my property. She is not my property. I am not her property. We belong to God and we respect each other as such. My children are not my kids. They're the Lord's kids. And God knows that I treat them as such. I will not abuse. I will not violate anything about that kid. I will respect them and I will raise them to know and to love and to serve the Lord that he belongs to. But parents, we jack it up so quick, don't we? Not give them what I don't have. Just give them Jesus. I promise you, it'll be so much better. Because then he'll understand that he's not the Lord. That Jesus is the Lord. Please give God a shout of praise. At least. So, on earth as it is in heaven, we are taught to ask for our own benefit before for the benefit of God. So, in, in, our, in our country, in our nation, we believe that the most important thing is to have our basic needs met. What are some of the basic needs of humanity? Somebody give me one. Food, shelter, safety, right? Okay, these are very important things that we have, right? We need food. Yet in the Instagram, thank you very much. Yet in the Bible, it says, this is the way Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. This is how you're going to pray. First thing you're going to pray, our Father who is in heaven. We don't even get that. By the way, it says our Father. It doesn't say whoever's Father. Okay, pause. Salah. Our Father, meaning those that accepted him as Lord and as Father. The children of God can pray this, not the others. Now, that sounds really separatist, and that's not my intention. Because, by the way, God opens his hearts to whoever. So it's not inclusive. It's, very, it's not exclusive. It's very inclusive. Right? So he says, our Father. This is how you ought to pray. Understanding who your brothers and sisters are. Our Father who is in heaven. Right? Hallowed be thy name, meaning your name is above all name. It's holy. It's there. It's, it's apart from us. You are above us. You're not like us. You're not my Jesus buddy. No, you are, you, you, your name is there. Mine is here. Your name is there. Hollow, separate from us, apart from us. Okay? Now, this is the cool thing. It doesn't say, give us today our daily bread. It says, first, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Then, okay? Give us our daily bread comes after your kingdom come, your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. Not first, give me my food, give me my shelter, make sure my tummy's filled, make sure I'm good to go. It says, first your kingdom, first your will, first on earth as it is in heaven. See, there's the manifest will of God, the sovereign will of God, and that we cannot work with. You can't toy with that. No one can. But then there's the will of God as the kingdom on earth, where you begin to live a life, and I begin to live a life of kingship, not democracy. Where you begin to say, God, you are the Lord of my life. Let me finish like this. Like I said, tomorrow I'll go a lot deeper into this. But man, some of us really need to grab this. If you grab it, whether you're here for the first time or you grew up in church like myself, can I tell you this? God's intention was for you to live as a child of God, to have the same authority, the same blessing, the same abundance, the same joy that Jesus was intended to have. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I came to be poor that you may be rich. I gave up my rights as the king. I gave up my, it doesn't say rights. It says I gave up 
I did not grab on to, to my being God. I didn't appreciate that. I despised it for you. That's literally what it says. It says that, that he didn't consider a thing to be grasped. Meaning I didn't want to grab onto it. I released it. I released my deity so that you can experience it. Jesus Christ came to this world to redeem you. And you know what redeeming means? Recolonize. To bring you back into the kingdom of heaven. So that you can also, just as a lot of English people before they went to Jamaica can do here on earth. That long after you're gone, the influence of heaven through your life will still mark the generations after you. Please say amen. I love this concept. Did you know there's something called Koreatown here in, uh, in, in LA, right? Koreatown, yeah? Anybody been to K-Town before? Right, it's cool, right? Chinatown, anybody to Chinatown? Mexico Town, that's like all over East LA. Did you guys know that? You don't even have to go over there. You could just go there and it's like you feel like you're there. It's true. It's like colonizing. Did you know people don't have to go to heaven? They don't have to die. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let your kingdom come in the Ponce's family's life. In the hot cells. Let the kingdom come in the Perez, in the Gonzales, in the Smiths. Let the kingdom come in the Chongs. Yeah, that the kingdom come on my life. Amen? So many of us can do so much on this earth if we simply understand that your kingdom come in my life. You guys, God has an incredible purpose and plan for you. But the enemy hates your guts. He despises you. Satan hates you because you have what he could never have. He's so jealous of you. He's so angry at you. He cannot hurt your father, so he'll hurt you, which is the next worst thing. He cannot touch God. So he touches your life. He tries to destroy you. You idolize a lot of things. And it's a sad thing because God meant for, it to, for you to have dominion over those and surrender them and use them for his glory. His glory doesn't mean who. His glory means his imprint, his image upon this world. What if I said to you that when you die, the best thing you can leave your family is the glory of God. The image of God in your lives. It's not a house. It's a home in heaven. Let me say this to you. It's not a physical inheritance. It's the faith in a Lord who loves them, who will take care of them, who's willing to die for them. Which king would die for you? Which president would step into your situation and say, I will give up my presidentship? So that you can spend time with your children. Who would say that? I'm going to ask you really genuinely. Who of your bosses would ever say, I would die. I would give my life so that you can be better. So you can be well. So you don't have to suffer. Who would say seriously, I would give my children's lives so you cannot. So you don't have to die. You have that kind of king. But you don't want that kind of king. You want the kind of king that uses and abuses you. You don't think you do, but you live that way. And this is where I struggled with God. And I said, God, do you really want me to say this? And it is the truth. We want democracy because it gives us control. At the end of it, there is no control in democracy. There is no control in democracy. Listen, there is no control of the people. It's only the people that decide. I didn't decide that abortion should be paid for by my taxes. Mike, did you decide that? Did anyone decide that here? Did anybody decide here that marijuana should be legalized? Maybe a few voted again uh, in favor of that. I don't know how many of you actually decided. All I know is this, that those that do decide, the way that the system is set up is not meant to give God glory. 
If it was, it'd be a very beautiful and different state. As a matter of fact, this country was founded upon those principles, kingdom principles. Did you know that our constitution in its, in its roots was based on the word of God? We try to push it so much out of our system because it resists our democracy. It fights against submission, against true accountability. We don't want accountability. We don't want to say, yes, Lord, I messed up. I am sorry. I should not speak to my children this way. I'm sorry, God, I should not have lied. I shouldn't have cheated. I should not feel this way. Forgive me, God. Otherwise, I deserve what I know I deserve. Am I making sense? We don't want that. We don't want the kingdom of God. At least you don't think so. But he's so good. He's so kind. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me for a second. There is so much, so much. You're so powerful if you decide that you're going to be a colonizer for the kingdom of God. You were sent here for an amazing purpose and the enemy wants to destroy that. He wants to bring fear, sadness, depression, control, lack of joy. He wants to destroy your life. The Bible says that the enemy has come to rob, to kill, and to destroy. The last time I checked, you could only rob something from someone if they have it. Do you know what you have and do you know what the enemy is trying to rob you from? It's not your money he's after. It's not your family he's after. He has that. It's called demons and hosts. He can't do anything with your money. He cannot do anything with your house. He doesn't live in those kind of homes. Can I tell you what the enemy is after? Is that which God gave you from the very beginning. Dominion. Authority. Power. Relationship. Royal priesthood. A family in God, acceptance, mercy, grace, love, genuine forgiveness. The extension of his kingdom means simply this. What the culture of God is, I will reproduce on this earth. That's our calling. That's our duty. Live your life. Read the Bible the same way as God intended it. The entire word of God is for you. Close your eyes, please. Let me pray for you that God would change your life and your mind. The Bible is full of laws, and those laws were meant to be the kingdom laws, not the options for us to choose from. This is how you establish a kingdom, through law. And God decided to establish his kingdom on this earth through his word. That's why Jesus came to the world. He said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. That is Jesus Christ, in the flesh, so that we could understand his laws. The first one is, love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That's why God said right here, right now, and I'm telling you right now, I repeat it to you. The first thing you want to do if you want to establish the kingdom of God on your family, on, your, on, on this earth, is love God. Love God. Second one, love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is God telling you right now, you have an incredible purpose. Don't settle for anything less. You're royalty. You're royalty. You're royalty. Let the kingdom of God come to your family. If you, so, if you were sold a religion and you found it wanting, you found it not good enough, I'm glad. Because Jesus never meant to give you religion. Abraham was never promised a religion. 
Abraham was promised land and blessings. As a matter of fact, he was promised that anyone who would curse him would be cursed and that he would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. That's your promise. That's your promise. If you have your eyes closed, if you don't, please close them for a second. I'm going to ask you to do something. This is so beautiful. What God is doing right now, I hope you understand it. You don't own your life anymore. You don't own your heart anymore. You don't own your dreams anymore. You don't own your body anymore. You can't just do whatever you want. You're free to do what He wants. And that's an amazing thing because what He wants is to bless, to redeem, to love, to impact, to bring His glory on this earth. And He wants to use you. He wants to use me. I've been used before. I've been used before. And I didn't mind it when it came from someone who had a great purpose and love for me. You know, I want my kids to use me. I want my kids to use me to know God. I want my kids to use me that they would also know my King. I want my wife to use me, all my body, all I have, that she would experience the love of God in her life. You think that asking God to use you means to abuse you and that's the wrong concept. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who calls you royalty will treat you as such. He will love you, he'll respect you, but he also demand what is expected of a king and a queen. He demands complete commitment. Complete commitment. He demands that you would not treat yourself as a slave, but behave like royalty. You belong to the royal family, the royal family of God. Dear God, I thank you so much for giving your life for us. Jesus, thank you for coming to this world to rescue a people that did not deserve it. Myself being the first of all. And I mean that full-heartedly, God. Jesus, thank you for making us a citizens of heaven. Thank you, God, because we're citizens of heaven and not of this world. I know that the world may not understand and will not get it. Matter of fact, to them, it's foolishness, the gospel, the good news of salvation. Or the reestablishment of the colony of heaven on earth. Jesus, please let us right now, every person that is listening to this message, break through the walls of culture and let your culture be in our marriage, in our singleness, in our finances, in the way we deal with ourselves, the way we see the world, the way we talk about death. The way that F faces us, that we would face death with this same mindset. I am here with a purpose. And when God decides for me to go home, I will go home with gladness. Why? Because my purpose has been fulfilled. Dear God, I pray right now that if there's anybody here pondering and wondering upon heaven, that they would realize, just as I did, that is the last place He wants me to be. This is the place He wants me to be. Right here, right now. God, impact the way we live. Change the way we think, God. I pray that the young people that are here today, God, would not think as the world thinks. God, that they would be the, the hammers and not the nails. God, help us be the kind of people that colonize this earth. Let our influence be not for our glory, but for yours. That your face would be on this earth. That your name would be made great and famous. That long after we're gone, like we said, you, Jesus, would still remain in people's lives. God, help us be the kind of people that live under your rulership, not your suggestions. Jesus, we surrender our lives. If there's someone here that wants to give their life to Jesus Christ, maybe you think you can keep your life, but the lie of the enemy is precisely that. That you can keep your own life, and that's the biggest lie from the enemy, because he knows that as long as your life is on your hands, he can do whatever he wants with it. You're not strong enough to hold it.
As a matter of fact, the Bible says that you're either with God or against Him. The Bible says that if you deny Jesus on this earth, He too will deny you before the Father in heaven. And so today you have a very simple decision to make. I'm not asking you to come to church. I'm not even asking you to sing songs. I'm asking you, do you want the Lordship and the kingdom of God in your life? Or would you rather have the kingdom of the enemy, the kingdom of hell, which has already been shown in your life? If you ever experienced depression, if you've ever experienced, man, anger that lasts, resentment and bitterness, hopelessness, that is the ruler of the world. That is the ruler of darkness influencing your life. Let your life now be in the hands of God. So right now I'm going to invite you to do something very simple. And that is to truly surrender your life at the feet of Christ. And just as a king, listen please. I saw something that impacted me so much. I was watching a movie from the olden days. And they explained that the reason people would bow in front of a king is because if their head was above the king's head, they would be cut off. And so everybody would bow when the king came in. Because they felt, they understood that the king was above them all. And so I understood something for my life even as simple as that. Lord, forgive me if I ever thought I was above you. I want to be with you, under you. I submit to the best, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord, because you're so good, so kind, so patient, so loving. I pray right now that if somebody wants to give you their life, you would take it and you would do wonders with it. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you simply tell him, Jesus, I thank you for giving your life for me. I thank you, Lord. I accept you as my Savior, but also as the Lord of my life. I surrender my past, my present, especially my future. I give you my weakness, my sin, but also my strength, my desires. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I give you my body. I give you my strength. I give you my mind, my thoughts. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Lord, God, be my Lord. I need you, God, more than ever before, I need you today. God, help me to understand the kingdom principles. Jesus, help me to live on this earth as I will in heaven. God, let your kingdom come to my life, that I would imprint it, that I would influence this world. Jesus, thank you. I love you, Lord. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are my King. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I praise you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Give God a shout of praise. Let me tell you one last thing before you go. And that is that in a, in a democracy, the word worship does not exist. We will never worship a politician. You cannot worship. I'm sorry. It's weird. It's strange. It's cultic. But in a kingdom... There's praise to the King. So I'm going to ask you to do something tonight, even tomorrow as you walk in your day. That you begin to praise your Lord, your King, your Savior. That you get to know how good He is, how kind, how patient, how loving. That you learn to fall in love with Him. That when you read the Word of God, you read it from a, a kingdom perspective. We're going deep. We're going to go deeper and deeper into this, I promise. This conference, this convention coming up is going to dive us right in.